Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Infinite Improvement Podcast with myself, Coach Christo, and of course, Coach Andres. Today, we're going to be talking about what we think held us back as players the most. Um, so obviously, you know, uh, it, it'll be, you know, a, maybe a difficult topic uh, to, to talk about, but, you know, we like to, to keep it real and, and be honest with you guys and help you guys out. Um, and I think this is, you know, it's something to uh, something important to, to for us to kind of reflect on, uh, you know, for the conversations we have with players, um, because, you know, neither of us are saying that we're not happy with the career we had. Obviously, you know, just last week, Andres was telling us about this, you know, incredible story of playing college soccer. Um, you know, not not necessarily like an easy situation, but something that he succeeded in. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, against against all odds, uh, someone might say. So neither one of us are saying we're unhappy with, with the career we had. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think any athlete looking back at their career um, will probably have, you know, something that they think about, like, oh, if I had just done this, if I had been better in this one area or whatever, I think all athletes, uh, you know, have uh, things they think about like that. So, uh, yeah, what held us back as players the most? Uh, Coach Andres, take it away. Yeah, this is such a interesting question because um, I think I think even the way you're explaining it, like wherever we got was was a place where we learned a lot and um, it's made us who who we are today, the type of coaches, mentors, um, pers- uh, people that we are. Um, but there's always that, okay, there could have been something that maybe um, got in the way of me hitting a higher potential um, or, or get into a, a higher place in that season. Um, and so as I was thinking about the question, um, the more than – more than it's part of the story of, of Andres in the in the player stage, but it it was um, it w- I was able to spot this out by a story of one of my teammates, and so it was um, it was the summer of so it was bef- the summer before my last season at UMass Lowell, um, and uh, there was one player that. Um, I had played with for the past three years. I had played against him in high school. Um, his name is Willito, but we call him um, Toch. Um, and so he's one of the one of the best attacking players I've I've been on the field with. This guy would make things look unbelievable. And like it was just like the, the thing is like once he did it on game day, it wasn't crazy to us because we saw it during the week. Like I don't know where he's just hitting a bike. I don't know where he's scoring. Like he sees the goalie out and he goes and he hits it from like half the field. And like, what do you like for him? It was like, like he was playing in the backyard Um, and um, his technique. And and he was, he was just, he was just uh, naturally talented um, all around. And he also had the, the, the physicality. He had the speed. Um, And so the only problem that he had was he had dealt with a lot of injuries and, it's almost like every season an injury got in the way. Um, and then um, in his pursuit to become a professional, um, there was this first like, oh, uh, the injury setting me back a little bit. I'm not going to have the best season. I might not get recruited. Um, 
and so this was our last season. Um, it was his senior year and it was my senior year. And we were trying our best to have the best season possible. Um, I think I went on a trip to San Francisco. Um, and um, it was just a friend and I. And um, I knew that he needed to get something fixed in his knee before the season. So I, we would be check on each other um, every now and then. Um, and so on the trip, um, on the way back, I was at the airport and I got a, I got a text message from, from Taj. And he said, Hey, Andres, like, can we talk? And then I was like, damn, what happened? Like, I was like, well, did he, did he sign a contract before the season even started? <laughs> like, um, and so, um, I was, I was like, yeah, of course. And then, so we got on the phone and, um, he was like, Hey, like, I have something to tell you. Like, um, I know, like, I give everything for this team and my, my goal is to, to become a professional. Um, but I've made a decision that um, I no longer want to be a professional player. Um, I got this, I got, I got very important news that came. Um, uh, I think it was like, a, he said like a couple of days ago and it completely changed um, the trajectory of where I went ahead. Um, and so he told me he got the news that he was going to be a father. Um, and, and so he said, I'm not going to stop from being part of this season. Um, I'm going to be there because I love the team. I love soccer. And this is probably my last season as, as a, in a competitive environment. Um, but um, I just wanted to let you know that like, this is what happened with well, one, the news that I'm going to be a father. And two, um, I've decided to, to stop going and, and pursuing um, uh, getting drafted. That's, that's not the reason for, for this season. Um, and, yeah, like as captains, like I just wanted us to be on the same page and, and he'll support me and I'll support him in, in everything that he has to do. But it was a little bit of a of a ship in what was the priority now in his life. Um, and um, and so I left that conversation like first I was shocked. I was like, wow, like now you're going to be a father. Like, I, like, like, congratulations. Like and and what does it look like to to balance? Um, he was going to the 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 kid wasn't going to come until after the season, but it was still uh, a different perspective to life. Um, and so we went about preseason. He still, he didn't get his surgery. So his knee was a little bit off. So I remember like in the preseason, like we didn't even make him do the team, the, the staff didn't make him do any of the fitness tests. It was just like, get as fit as you can. Um, we'll, we'll have you, um, if you play one half a game until, until the play, until not to play until the end of the season or until conference play, um, then that's fine. Um, and that was a strategy. I don't know if, uh, if you follow on the, if people are following the podcast, there was one where we put the videos of, of me passing the ball around the defense and, and somebody scoring. That was him. So we were down one zero and we're like, okay, uh, we, we're still in the game. All we got to do is put touch in and then he'll get us a goal and we'll be back in it. Um, so, so that was the game plan. Like, and, and it didn't really bother him as much because it was like, I don't need to play a full game because I don't need to, go show that I'm going to be a pro. I'm just here to help the team and, you know, just, just live this, this one last season together. Um, yeah. And so, and so long story short, um, the season came to an end and it was the best season that he had ever had um, as a player. Um, he had the most amount of uh, assists, the most amount of goals in all of his career playing less um, than all of, all, of, all of his other seasons and being a little bit more in, injured um, than in all of his other seasons. And, um, and that made me, um, that made me just evaluate like what, what was this, 
why was he playing so much more free? Um, why, why was he enjoying himself a lot more? Um, and, and then at the end of the, our last game, we won the regular season. Um, and there was like, there's probably there was celebration. And then he came to me and he was like, Andres, like, um, I know we talked about this before the season. Um, and I thought it was going to be over, but I got an offer. Um, and I'm going to get drafted, um, come draft. And then, um, I was like, wow, <laughs> like, like, this is crazy because like we went from trying our best to make it happen to like not even worrying about it to now you have um, a contract on the table. Um, and then he got drafted by uh, FC Dallas. Um, so he went and so he went, he went with them at, at the end of that season. Um, and I think when I look back and, and say, what was the, the, the differentiator? It was um, detaching from, from this destination or detaching from a pursuit. It was detaching from um, some place that I have to do everything possible to get there as opposed to enjoying every game, every training session. If I get a half, I'm going to enjoy this half. I'm there to be with the team. Um, and until something came into his life that was greater than becoming a professional, he actually wasn't on track to becoming a professional. Um, and, and so I, I think one thing to help, that held me back um, as a player was this pursuit to become a professional. Um, and I think it, the closer you got to this end of this uh, uh, relationship, the, clo the, the less free you played on the field and you were more concerned about, will I make it, will I not make it? Am I watching? Are they watching me? Are they not? Did I have a good first half? Did I have a good second half? Did I connect this pass? And so it built this, this arena that had nothing to do with enjoying the game and um, expressing the most creative Andres on the field. Um, so I think, in all to, to answer that question, I think the best way that I can put it was that what held me back to in my soccer season was um was was my focus on the destination. Um, and I think if anybody's focused on trying to get somewhere, um, it's very unlikely that you'll get there without knowing where's my next step going to be. Um, and I think we talked about it last week. Like I wasn't at BU, but I was like, what's my next step? Waking up at this time, hanging out with this guy and working out at this. And so um, I think it was more of, of what is my today look like and how am I enjoying it? Um, because the destination may be like, I didn't graduate from BU. I, I went to BU, but I didn't graduate for it. So I, my perceived destination may have been graduate from BU, go professional, and, and it didn't happen um, in that in that manner. Um, so I think, and I'll stop at this, just try your best to detach from a destination um, and just just enjoy and, and be fixed on, on the people in front of you, the training session that's coming next, the game that's coming next, um, your family, um, anything that's more important than this destination will actually get you closer somehow to this destination. Yeah. yeah that's it's it. in, it's that's interesting because like, you know, obviously, you know, I, I, uh, talk to, and obviously we both help to, you know, try to, um, get athletes where they want to be. Um, but at the same time, you know, I had a coach a long time ago who, um, asked me a question that kind of like changed my perspective on, you know, the, the pursuit of going pro. Uh, and it was, if you knew right now that you would never make a penny playing soccer, would you still play? And if your immediate response to that question is not a resounding yes, then you will never make it pro. 
Yeah. I saw, uh, I don't know if this was an interview that like resurfaced from a while ago or if it was recent, uh, but it was on some like BT sport or something. Uh, and uh, uh, a woman asked uh, Thierry Henry, what would you have been if you weren't a professional footballer? And he said, yeah. an amateur footballer. And yeah, it was so perfect because <laughs> if you're in this for like money or status or fame or whatever, like, just like when we talked about coaching philosophies and I said, the first step is always enjoyment. Um, it has to start with that or else you're lost before you've even taken the first step. So yep. I think, uh, you know, and what you have to do to become a professional is become the best player that you can be show up and train and work hard show up to games, play well, sometimes play less well, recover from that, play well again, um, try to play for a better team, try to play in a higher division, try to succeed there. And if you do that over and over and over and over again, you'll succeed. And maybe you won't become professional, but I think that the goal should be playing for as long as you want to, enjoying it as much as you can. And if you're a competitive person, obviously playing at the highest level that you're able to, that should be yeah. the goal because signing some piece of paper that, you know, you're going to get paid this much per month or whatever it is. Like you'll realize when you sign that piece of paper, nothing changes, nothing's yeah. changed. The game is the same you're doing the same yeah. thing. You'll probably feel great for a couple minutes and then it's, it's the same stuff you've been doing, you know, yeah. it not, it's not like this magical moment where everything changes. Um, and I think that's a lot of players get uh, kind of like disillusioned with that because a lot of them think that it is this magical moment. Uh, and the, the hardest thing I think is not initially signing that piece of paper. A lot of players go pro, but a lot of them play for a season two seasons, three seasons, like, and a lot of them don't make it further than that. Staying a professional for a long period of time is actually a lot harder than breaking in initially. Um, so I think that you're hundred percent right that a focus on the destination will only take you further away from it. Uh, and whereas like playing freely, uh, you know, uh, there's also like the, the him not playing as much, uh, you know, maybe taking a step back, Sometimes that can be like, sometimes when yeah. you try too hard, and I'll talk about this when I get to my story, but when you take it too seriously, you start to mm -hmm. like, this has to be perfect. And this has to be perfect. Like this touch has to be perfect. This pass has to be perfect. This game has to go perfectly because there's a scout watching and I want him to see me perform well. And you try to yeah. control everything. Whereas, as we've talked about a lot, if you just let things happen, let the ball come to you let the play come to you and take advantage when it does, when there is that opportunity to play the killer pass rather than every time you get the ball looking for the killer pass. Like that's when you play the best, when you yeah. let it, when you let it happen, when you trust yourself, you trust your team, you, tr you trust your coach and you let, you know, because it's a, it's a process. It's uh, yeah. and it, it you know, it's a, it's not like you can't make things happen exactly how you mm. want to you have to see how things are happening and then react uh yeah. you know in the in the best way that you can play the best you can and whatever happens happens at the end of the day right 
Yeah. Yeah, and the soccer, not even just soccer, just culture has turned into this, whatever craft I do, I have to become a professional. And I think professional has been um, equated to celebrity or some sort of status, like you're saying. And I think a big part of the health of your relationship and your journey is understanding what does it mean to be a professional? Because the majority are not going to be in the Premier League or in the Champions League. Um, so is that is that what you mean when you say professional? Or is it is it even if I play in the championship um, or even if I play amateur yeah. and I'm getting paid for it? I think if you look up the definition of professional, it has to do with getting paid for your craft. Um, and even like when you think about college, like if you were paid to go to, if you're, you're college, getting a you scholarship, sort of scholarship yeah. you're, get, you're getting some sort of return on your play. Um, and, and so anytime that there's a transaction that you're getting something out of this, like you've already become a professional. So what else do you need to sign? Yeah. Cause then, that, then it becomes a question of like, Oh, is it more, you're trying to get up to a place where you get more status or more recognition. And then it's no longer about you or you and the sport. It's about what the sport and your title uh, uh, shows outside of you. And you will never be able to fully satisfy that because you can always, there's um, always something more. There's there's something, all, you're always chasing something, there's something if, brighter that you could get to. Yeah. Unless um, you, unless you detach from that chase that, you know, pursuit of happiness that we, that's come up a couple of times, yeah. that, that destination yeah. that you have to get to, because yeah. there's always another destination. You can't like, yeah. you know, unless you detach from that, you know, the, the journey and just like, enjoy the, the day to day, the process you're on. I'm not saying don't have goals, but you know, you, you have to, um, you know, a lot of the time when I, when I talk about like goal setting and stuff, like you need more short, short-term goals than, yeah. than long-term goals, like a hundred percent to keep you on track because, you know, you can't, have you seen that meme of the guy like walking up the steps and skipping like five steps? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> You know, you can't, you can't skip steps, uh, on in almost any process or like if you skip steps, it'll catch up with you later. Um, you know, people will, uh, kind of like find you out. Like, uh, if, if you haven't like gone through, you know, some, some tough times, it's interesting that you talk about college and like getting scholarships is like getting paid to play. And it is, and I say this all the time to players, like, obviously, you know, you can have different priorities if you don't want to go to college and you just want to play, like maybe college isn't for you, but at the same time, most players who go pro probably would have made like if you count any scholarship as like making money because players yeah. get good scholarships um yeah. you know most professional players are making like what under two thousand dollars a month but like a scholarship to a yeah. a, a school in a the states school, yeah. that could be worth like fifty thousand a year yeah. that's double you know yeah, yeah. if you got a full scholarship and full scholarships are like you know more rare uh but like even like Twenty thousand. Yeah, I know. You know, that's that's more than most professionals make. So, if getting a getting an education is important to you, which you know, uh, 
I, I think getting an education is, uh, is important. Uh, and, you know, I, I think, uh, I, you know, at least, you know, getting the right education for you, um, then that could be, that's, that could be worth a lot. Uh, if you get that through playing. So, you know, it's, uh, it's not so I think people have this like, uh, you know, like, big, big misconception on what being a professional player is, you know, while I was playing in Greece, like, you know, we were making some money, but we weren't your facilities at college were probably 100 times better than the facilities we have. Well, we had like, you know, there's a it's, it's all about priorities and being a professional player isn't, you know, the, the be all and end all. And it doesn't end when you're a professional either. So, yeah. No, it's, it's, there's so many distractions that give us a, a misconception of, of what it is, what the definition of that is. And that definition is different for everybody. For some, it'll be high school, um, going to a prep school where you get, like, if you go to a prep school, and you're being helped financially, somehow you're already getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, or if, if you go into an academy in Europe and now you're, like, you're in that process of, of, of tapping into the first, you're, you get to define what making it means for you. Um, and it's going to look different for, yeah, today's different for everybody. Day and age, I had a, a player sent me a DM the other day of a video he made about how like, um, basketball and football players, uh, American football, uh, in the States are like making money in high school by like being on social media and stuff and how soccer players really aren't doing that. Um, but like, you know, in today's age, like you can get on, you know, YouTube or TikTok or like yeah. Instagram, like you can be, uh, if, if you're a player at, you know, any level, like you could be, uh, like, I'm not saying like, you know, some people say that like distracts from uh, you playing, but it doesn't have to, you know, it can be just like another, another element of like who you are. And if you enjoy doing that, uh, you know, I think that there's like a a huge opportunity there for young players to take advantage of, Uh, you know, social media is only getting bigger. um, And there are a lot of negatives attached to it. But at the same time, I think like you can engage with it. Um, you know, responsibly, uh, and it's a huge opportunity that maybe wasn't there. Have you seen, what's that Portuguese kid who gets like millions of views on all of his, have you seen any of his, where he's like celebrating afterwards? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's Brazilian. Oh yeah. But this kid, like he wouldn't be, um, like without, uh, the internet, like, and this was like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, like, I remember when I was growing up, we still had like dial up internet and stuff like, you know, it wasn't yeah, yeah, like, yeah. as all it, like I didn't have a phone until I was in, you know, uh, maybe just before high school. Right. So like, you know, the, yeah. it's, uh, it's crazy. The op- there are opportunities out there now to do more than just, uh, you know, make it pro. And, um, and I think you, we've, we've, um, we've limited the, uh, we've limited the amount of, crafts that we can become professionals in because we're fixated on I have to become a pro through soccer um, and I think the more you diversify where you can implement your skills um, the more likely you're gonna enjoy football and it might not be as a player and it might be as a player but it was it was actually Dutch implementing or 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 
implementing a role that had nothing to do with soccer, which is a father, what helped him be less pressured when he was playing soccer. And so I think in your process of doing TikTok or doing Instagram, you're, you're creating other crafts, like telling a story through one minute. That's a massive skill where uh, uh, social media is headed and just being and doing that and putting it to like this person puts it together with soccer. Um, he's going to be able to create content beyond his age of, of wherever AG is now. And now he's kicking the ball. He's going to, he's going to know like what, what is um, captivating to the audience and he's going to be able to adapt to whatever, when he's older, what is the content that he has to create? And the problem with being a professional soccer player is that that's limited to it ends one third of in one when you get to one third of your life, yeah. and so you have you have almost um, forfeited all of your other um, creative parts of yourself um, because you've been so fixated. So actually, I think you may call people may call it like, oh, you you got to be on the field or on TikTok. You got to be in the classroom or in the on the field. Like, no, like why can I not diversify who I am because I'm actually setting my my the longevity of of my enjoyment and and relationship with the game um i'm actually setting up myself in a better position than if i only see soccer through the lenses of a soccer player because that will end <laughs> that's finite yeah. yeah i think like you know a good example is like when i was when i considered myself like just a player uh, and then i had a couple of serious injuries like i didn't even want to watch soccer like i was so mm. You become resentful. Yeah, it was so painful. Like I remember I had to, or I had to, um, I, well, I felt like I had to show up and like support my team and sitting on the, you know, uh, bench or sitting in the stands watching my team play. And I wasn't able to be out there on the field that those are like some of the most, like, it was like as painful as like the worst breakup I ever had, you know, like it was tough. Um, and you know, and then I like go home, like I wouldn't want to watch premier league champions league. Like I didn't want to watch soccer. I didn't want to think about it. Um, and because if, if you're, if you've your whole life, you've like only enjoyed it in a certain way when the ball's at my feet or I'm on the field, then, you know, you're not, are you really loving soccer or are you loving like playing soccer? And I think those are two different things, right? Yeah. And you, and you neglect yourself. Like you love soccer more than you love yourself and yeah. soccer player stage will die before you die. Yeah. All right. Well, take can, us to, your, uh, take us to yeah. yours. We can transition to my story. It's funny. There's uh, actually a lot of uh, similarities, but I, I, uh, I think I take it a little bit of a, of a different route. So um, I must've been about 17. Uh, I was playing in Greece Um playing in the third division. And, um, I had an incredible preseason. I was playing really well. Um, you know, I was starting all the, all the friendlies, um, you know, we had a great team. We were, you know, uh, we had a great preseason, uh, and I was like a huge part of that. And I felt, you know, really, really great about myself. (laughs) Um, and then the first important game, it wasn't a league game it was a cup game of the season, uh, rolled around and I were, I remember being so nervous in a way that I wasn't for all the friendly games. Cause who cares if friendlies don't matter. 
Uh, and it's, it's almost exactly what I said. Like I want, I tried to, I, the thing I was most afraid of was playing badly and making mistakes and losing the game. Um, and so I tried to play as safe as I possibly could. I tried to avoid making mistakes because uh, I wanted to, you know, I, I didn't want to be the one people were pointing fingers at uh, when we lost. And we did lose. Uh, I played horribly. And Damn. I was the one people were pointing fingers at. Um, and even though that had been the one thing that I was, you know, I was trying to avoid um, was, you know, I tried to play safe so that I, so that I wouldn't uh, be the, be the one making mistakes. I, I made mistakes. Uh, I remember one goal um, was a, a long ball played in behind that I should have been quicker to, to cover uh, went in behind me and I was, you know, kind of chasing, trying to catch up to the winger. I was playing fullback, um, trying to catch up to the winger. Um, but he was passed and, you know, he finished. Um, so I think I got subbed off pretty quickly after that for the last, uh, I played probably like 60, 70 minutes, somewhere in there. Um, and I got benched and it's funny because as soon as I got benched, um, I started playing the best soccer I had ever played in my entire life in training. I remember it was like, and it was almost immediate. So, you know, I had a tough week after that game might've been, might've been two weeks. I'm not completely sure. Um, But we had the season opener and I was, uh, I was on the bench for that. Um, And then, you know, or a Saturday or Sunday showed up to training on Monday. Um, and I was, I've, I I had never played that well, um, in my entire life. I was playing at fullback and I was literally dribbling past the whole team scoring goals. I like in training, I remember my coach, uh, you know, was like looking at me kind of weird, uh, after, uh, one of the training sessions later on in the week, it was like, what, what's, what's happened? Like, why are you, uh, all of a sudden playing so incredibly well? Um, and it was, you know, my teammates were noticing it as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, it took a couple of weeks for them to, you know, believe that I was playing that well, I guess. Um, because, you know, obviously I played so terribly in the game and then I started a game and again, I played terribly. I played so, so horribly. Um, and I think, you know, we had, we had won like the first couple games of the season. Uh, we tied that game zero, zero. And again, I was a player, uh, you know, people were pointing fingers at for the loss because I had been, I was one of the big, uh, you know, the changes to the starting lineup might've been like the same starting lineup every one of the first, like three games. And then I started the fourth game and the rest of the people were the same, uh, and, and we didn't win. Um, but, and I, you know, I, I didn't play well. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, admit that, uh, not to say that it was only my fault that we didn't win, but they're playing fullback and we tied zero, zero. So it was like horrible. Um, but I didn't play, uh, well, or as well as I could have. Um, and, uh, I think this, you know, it's not like the whole season went exactly like this, uh, but it's something that I can point to multiple moments throughout my career where, when there was no pressure, I was an unbelievable player. And then as soon as there was a little bit of pressure, I crumbled. Um, and, you know, like I've talked about how, like, 
you know, I, I would play pickup with my friends uh, who all played with me in the academy and I was the best player easily. Um, it wasn't even close. I, I remember used to play like two V two and three V three games, uh, in my backyard and all, you know, we would like show up and we play all these games. And I, I'm, I'm very like, I used to track my, you know, games, assists, goals, um, when I was like very young. Um, so I was pretty like, uh, you know, like serious about like tracking things. I would track the pickup games and I never lost. I never lost, not a single time. Um, didn't matter who they put me with. I always won. And maybe I was the one taking it the most seriously, but like, it's not like they were taking it as a joke. You know, this was like point of pride to, to, to win and pick up, you know? Um, and I had, you know, I had a player come up to me and be like, why are you such a different player when we play pickup? And when we play, you know, when we go and train with the Academy. Um, and I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's different. Um, and it is different, but it's the same game. You know, the difference is mostly created in your mind. And my mind was my worst enemy, uh, when Mm. I was a player, because whenever there was a bit of pressure, I would try my best to, you know, control the situation, try my best to avoid making mistakes. Um, and it just, it just does not work like that. I think, uh, you know, some of the, uh, some of the best advice, uh, I've ever gotten, um, is you will fail a lot more quickly by making no mistakes than you will by making mistakes. You know, I had been benched while I tried to play it safe. I had like the thing that I feared the most came about by trying to prevent that thing. Whereas if I had just played freely, like I can't, uh, I say this all the time to players, like I can't guarantee that if you, uh, if you just play, like nothing bad will happen to you, which it won't. And you just play freely. I can't guarantee that you'll succeed how you want to. But if you try to always play safe and avoid making mistakes, I guarantee that you will fail. Uh, because, you know, even I don't care what position you're playing, the best players in the world, you need to take risks. You need to, you know, you can't always play it safe. It's not enough. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's kind of my, my story about, uh, you know, crumbling under a little bit of pressure. Your, your mind held you back? Yeah, I would say my mind whenever I was, under a little bit of even just a little bit of pressure, just the the wrong person watching me, um, you know, one mistake early on in a game would lead to a horrible performance, um, you know, and it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, any any sort of pressure, yeah. uh, and I was a different player. This is like the fear of like what will they think or what will they say, um, become so prevalent. As you as you go into higher levels, um, and for some reason, like I think it's it's an I don't know if it's ego, I don't know what it would be, but like when you feel that you are the alpha, then you don't care what they say or what they think. But when you feel that there's other alphas, then you go on a sh- on a sh- on a shelf. Um, 
it, it has probably a lot to do with the structure that we've decided to create between teacher students, doctor patient, coach player, um, all of these higher hierarchies. Um, and so most relationships in in human interactions are very uh, vertical. Uh, but in the in the I think the environments that can create a horizontal relationship um, for everybody in that space are the ones where each person in that space reaches a higher capacity um, or a higher potential. Um, because where it's horizontal, we're all standing um, of this of of the same value or of the same uh, status. And then the hierarchy breaks that. And now the ones that are under are trying to get to the top. And, and so it, you will, it's not that the hierarchical one doesn't create uh, talented people, but it, it actually decreases the amount of people that come out of that. Um, so I think it's tough because we can't influence the entire soccer world, but I, I can influence my team. And in my team, can I try my best to create a, an environment that's more horizontal for everybody um, and help the best player understand that and the not best player understand that and the coach understand that and the assistant coach understand that. And, and, and yeah, like I might be the head coach and there's an assistant coach on the title, but, but can I make everybody believe that this is our horizontal um, moment? Um, because if not, the pressure is going to, is going to come in and then there's going to be envy and then there's going to be jealousy and then competition within the, um, and you, you start to, all these things start to remove um, the joy, the innate skill or the creativity that comes out of you. Um, so yeah, I, I, I felt that and, and, I, and, I, and I notice it in, in all the spaces wherever there's hierarchy. One thing that I, that I sometimes do is like, I, I try to become friends when I go into spaces. I come become close to whoever's perceived as the head of the space. And I just go and like have coffee with them and become actually genuinely good friends. So that then if I ever have to speak in, in that space, I know that the the head of that space is my friend. So I have like, <laughs> it, it removes any pressure. Um, but yeah, I think the idea of pressure um, yeah. plays a, plays a toll on, on athletes. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, you know, uh, it was it was definitely the the thing that I struggled with the most. And like to give some like, I guess, you know, advice from my perspective, there's kind of like there's kind of two ways, two general ways that you can go about like um, dealing with pressure in my experience. Um, and it's either, you know, finding a way to to be comfortable in high pressure environments. And then on the flip side trying to find ways that you can make yourself uncomfortable in the environments you're in so often uh, so that when you go into a more high pressure environment, uh, it's a little bit easier to deal with. So, um, you know, I like, uh, obviously, you know, it, it depends on the team, but um, when I'm working with, you know, uh, decently high level teams, uh, my training sessions are designed to stress them. All right. It's not going to be uh, easy. You know, it, it is going to be difficult and, you know, challenging, hopefully, you know, if I run a good uh, training session, uh, challenging physically, but also mentally, um, you know, 
I, uh, you know, especially probably apparent in like when I work one-on-one with players, but um, the, the whole session is designed to make them think uh, they're going to make so many mistakes, um, you know, and that's, that's by design uh, because I think that if you get too comfortable in training, it, then that training isn't preparing you for games because games are not comfortable and they, you know, they will never be comfortable. You don't know, you know, every opponent that you're going up against the, uh, going into a game, you're going into something unpredictable. You have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know how well, you know, the other people in those sorts of high pressure environments. Like I'm not saying like, you know, a scrimmage at training or a pickup game or something, but um, you know, in high pressure environments, it's always, you know, it's the unpredictability that creates that pressure. Uh, Cause if you knew that you were going to go into a game and everything was going to be fine and you're going to play incredibly, you wouldn't be stressed. Um, yeah. It's not knowing what's coming. That's what is, you know, that's what creates the stress. Um, so, you know, you can either find ways to, to stress players in, in training sessions by, um, uh, you know, not explaining the session beforehand uh, because making it a little bit unpredictable, adding in things that they, you know, don't expect uh, not sometimes not. I do this more with individual sessions because if you do this in a team session, it becomes insane. Um, but if you, when I'm working one-on-one with a player, I'll often explain what we're going to do next as we're doing the thing we're doing right now. So we won't stop and talk about how we're changing the drill. I'll just say, you know, in the middle of the drill, all right, we're switching left foot only now, or we're doing, we're going to one touch or we're going to two touch. Um, or sometimes I won't even tell them and I'll just like it, passing back and forth, I'll start playing the ball in the air to them, um, you know, just to keep them on their toes, kind of make it a stressful environment because that's, what's going to prepare them for games. And then it going into like, how do I make games more of a comfortable environment? Uh, you know, laughing and joking with players beforehand, you know, uh, pulling a player to the side and having a conversation, telling them, you know, like this game doesn't matter. Um, you know, take that stress away, take that, uh, pressure away if I can, um, and this stuff players can do on their own as well, um, that, that I talk about all the time, um, to, to prepare themselves for games. Um, but I think like going back to, to your kind of story, like the taking yourself too seriously, taking what you're doing too seriously in moments of pressure is a bad thing. Uh, you yeah. got to pull back a little bit, uh, and, uh, and take it a little less seriously. It's like contradictory as that sounds. You know, we talk a lot yeah. about how you got to play naturally and let the game come to you. Um, that's how you play your best. Uh, you can't control everything. Uh, so don't try to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a good, it, I think you're trying to do you're like off balancing or, or balancing, like stressing you and, removing the stress, stressing you, removing the stretch, stress and finding that sweet spot somewhere in between. Um, yeah, man, it's, and it's a, you're, you're constantly learning from every player and every coach because some, some are way too on the opposite side where they don't care at all. And then yeah. there's complacency. Um, and so where is, what are the buttons that I got to hit on this player, on this coach? Um, and they're all different because we want an equation to copy and paste. Yeah, it and exactly. Everybody wants to be club or pep or and they 
But like the best coaches, I think like one of the, like anyone can like say, oh, we're going to do this in this session. We're going to do like this next and into a game or whatever. But like, it takes a, a much more intelligent person to, uh, you know, speak to individuals, speak to a group of people um, and, uh, you know, help each player on that team because every player needs something different. Um, yeah. And it's, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is, and and other also knowing that you're pro- you you're probably not gonna be the guy for all of them. Nope. You might come short of removing the pressure or the insecurities from some players, and that's okay. Yeah, you know, like that's, yeah, that like, doesn't speak to you as a bad coach. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm curious. Like, out of I'm sure you played for like lots and lots of different coaches, um, and you probably have like you know two or three that you're like that was my coach. Like that, that guy was, was the guy for me, but you probably have a lot more that, you know, I was like, I didn't feel it. You're like, yeah. eh. or maybe some coaches that you absolutely, you know, hated at the, in the moment. I know I have, uh, you know, looking yeah, back, yeah, yeah. I'm a lot more like, like not, not so like, Oh, I hate but that, in that guy. Moment, he was a terrible coach. Yeah. Moment, yeah, no, no. yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. We all do. And, and we have to remember that when we're coaching, because, we're, we might be that coach that they hate right then and there, and they might not understand why you're doing some things. And maybe three, four, five years later, they will, but you have to be okay with it's not working right now. Yeah. Um, All right. I think it's time for uh, takeaways. three key takeaways. Three key takeaways. Um, you want me to start? Yeah, you can go. Yeah, um, yeah I think I think the the – Detachment from from the destination is is a big one, um, and like you're saying, it sounds counterproductive. But like, if you're only focused on the destination, I cannot tell you how many how many resources or how many opportunities have come up um, on my way somewhere, which have helped me create what's next. So when I thought I was going to become a professional soccer player, I created relationships and got involved with different um, uh, spaces that have turned me into who I am today. But if you're only focused on the destination, you're actually going to move. You don't have time to look around and, and pick up. This is good. And if you do get to this perceived destination, you're going to be equipped with significantly more resources if you look around to see what's on you. Um, so detach, detach from the destination. I honestly think the destination is an illusion. Um, the destination is just part of the journey um so yeah detach from the destination yeah i think um i'll say um to be uh and this is something we talk about a lot like uh be aware of what you think might be holding you back um because like for uh you know knowing what it is earlier on you know and for me i think like getting to know myself a little sooner on in my career would have been like really helpful for me because I I think like someone would, a coach would like look at me and say like, Oh, he's like mentally he's weak. Um, Mm. And I didn't want to be that. So I would try. And I like, I don't think like, you know, dealing, uh, not being able to deal with stress and pressure, like you can call it weak if you want to, but, um, you know, I, I think there are like 
there's probably, you know, advantages to that as well. I worked very hard in training sessions because I wanted to be prepared or something like, I think knowing who you are will, will only help you. Whereas trying to like, I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to be mental. Like I didn't want to like have a tough time dealing with pressure. So I thought like, you know, like uh, no, that's not me. Um, yeah. But hiding that or like avoiding that conversation myself um, would be, it was, would have been difficult, but it would have been a lot easier yeah. if I had it sooner on. So I think, you know, be aware of what might be holding you back um, and whether that fi- find out, have some conversations with yourself, have some conversations with other people uh, and yeah. don't be afraid to kind of explore that. Yeah, that's good. I think both of our stories uh, had outside people or there was other characters um, that either pulled you aside and said, hey, Crystal, why do you play so good at pickup and why are you not as good in games? Trash. Or my entire <laughs> <laughs> trash. Um, or my story was actually somebody else's story. Um, so I think maybe the last one would be um, who are you? Sur- who are you surrounding yourself by? Um, that that can point out what's holding you back, or at least pointing out that something's holding you back, and then together you can come to the conclusion of what it may be. But I think it's very important that it's the characters within within your set within your story are are going to be the ones that are going to help you, because it's it's a intimidating process to call yourself out many times um and we don't take enough time to spend with ourselves so who are you surrounding yourself with yeah that helps you i think it's it's a good one all right uh awesome all right well thank you for listening to uh episode 13 of the infinite improvement podcast back next week we're going to be talking about uh something each of us does or did um before playing so like a (laughs) pre-match ritual uh and you know why we did it was the thought behind it whether we uh you know think it's stupid now or would still do it um so that that should be interesting um and yeah thanks for listening we're on youtube uh amazon podcasts apple podcasts and spotify um peace see you guys